Hey, it's Brandon here and I have some big news. Seven Figure Millennials is now beyond curious. I am so excited for this new brand and I would highly encourage you to go check out episode number 140 for all of the juicy details. But as a teaser for episode 140, the central question for Seven Figure Millennials, the original show from the beginning was, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? I spent over 1,000 hours researching this question and published 139 episodes. And after all of that, I have an answer. And I put together that answer in a legit masterclass that weaves together clips from previous guests all to answer that question. So if you wanna hear my answer, the why behind Beyond Curious and the vision moving forward, go check out episode number 140. But you are here listening to this episode, which I know is amazing, but I would just highly recommend you also check out episode number 140 for the full explanation behind the rebrand. All right, here's your episode. Well, hello there, my friend, and welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Millennials, where together, you and I are on a mission to figure out how we can prioritize our happiness, health, and relationships as we make our entrepreneurial dreams a reality. If this is your very first episode, I want to say welcome, hugs, high fives, super excited to have you here and for you to join us today. And if you're returning, you know how much I appreciate you for coming back every single week. But whether you are a new friend or an old friend today, you and I get to hang out with Chaba Borsaji. And in this episode, I want you to look Look out for three specific things. Number one, what Chaba learned from his first copywriting gig for a sex shop. <laughs> Number two, you're going to learn how to steal the secret recipe behind 100 of the most profitable ads of all time and apply it to your own marketing and your business for a blockbuster response. And number three, I want you to look up for our conversation about who you should study in today's crowded world. You will take two seconds on Facebook or YouTube before you're bombarded by somebody talking about their newest, latest, and greatest thing that you should listen to. But who should you actually be listening to in today's crowded world? So all that to look forward to today. But who the heck is Chaba? Chaba is a former psychology researcher turned direct response marketing consultant and sales funnel copywriter. For years, Chaba struggled to get his business off the ground and create profit profitable marketing campaigns that actually make money, but was getting nowhere and he was at the end of his rope. But then he decided to go all in and master the timeless fundamentals of the ultimate persuasive skill, direct response copywriting, going as far as breaking down 100 proven sales letters in 100 days to uncover the master secrets of the most elite copywriters of all time, while documenting his entire process through daily YouTube videos. Today, Chaba helps ambitious online entrepreneurs convert more casual leads into high AOV customers or average order value customers and plug in the holes in in their leaky funnels. Guys, this was a episode that was a ton of fun for me to record. I said it in the beginning, but I'll say it right here before we dive in. Copywriting is one of the most important skills I believe anyone can have. By learning copywriting, it will have a transformational effect on almost everything else that you're doing. And it is direct response copywriting is something that almost no one talks about. So when I met Chaba and I found out that he did this breakdown of 100 of the most profitable ads of all time, and he's a huge copywriting nerd like me, I knew we needed to sit down and record an episode because it took me forever to find out all these resources, all these first principle skill sets that come 
from learning and mastering copywriting. It is truly a big domino skill. If you knock over this small domino, it's going to make an impact on many other areas of your life. So we start at the beginning and we, we answer what copywriting is, and then we'll share some powerful resources to dip your toe into the water. But we also go super deep into some of the foundational copywriting concepts that will change your life if you understand them. So depending on your current level of understanding of copywriting, you'll grasp some concepts quicker than others, but I wanted to make sure it was valuable for people on all ends of the spectrum, whether you still don't know anything about copywriting or you're a pro copywriter, some of this stuff is great, great reviews. So I would encourage you as you listen to this to ask the question, not does this apply to me, but how does this apply to me? Because learning how to think like a copywriter will transform so many things in your life. So with all that said, please enjoy this incredible conversation with my new friend, Chaba Borsashi. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the 7 Bigger Millennials Podcast. Chaba, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here, my friend. Hey, Brandon. Great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course, of course. And I've had so much fun going through your content and your love and your passion for copywriting is what we initially connected on. And as I said, before we hit the record button, anybody listening right now, you've heard me talk about copywriting a bajillion different times, but never have we dedicated an entire episode to going deep on this topic. So whether right now you're listening to this and you think copywriting is some legal thing right now, or if you think it's it's about writing, we will cover all bases. We'll go all over the place and we'll go really deep as much as we can with somebody that has done some really cool things in this space. So Chab, I thought I always like to start kind of like providing a little bit of context on who you are and tell a little bit of a fun story to kick things off. So I was reading your site and, and let's, let's zoom in a little bit earlier on your early copywriting career. You were working with a client and on one project, they sent you an email with a subject line. Is this for real? Would you mind giving a little bit of context as to what that project was and what you were working on at that time? Sure. So it was actually one of my first clients. It was God knows how many years ago, uh, but uh, it was a watch brand, a Kickstarter brand, and uh, I was tasked to write an email for them for the Kickstarter campaign. And uh, I, I I wrote the first version of the email. Uh, then we worked a little bit, you know, on the second draft, and then the client sent it out. And uh, you know, I was still a rookie at that time, so I was. You know, in the beginning, you feel like you know everything. I went through like two, three courses and I was like, oh my God, this is something new. I've never seen something like this before. Uh, and now I know everything because I went through those three courses. And uh, I felt that the email was pretty good, but I still had the imposter syndrome, right? All freelancers struggle with this, especially when they're getting started. And then uh, he wrote me this email, is this for real? And I was like, my blood froze. I felt like, okay, so finally... I'm gonna face the fact that I'm an imposter. Uh, what I wrote was complete garbage and they're just gonna like fire my ass or something like that. <laughs> uh, but it was completely the opposite. They were like, whoa, like this worked way better than we expected. And uh, you know, that was really important in the beginning to give me uh, an influx of confidence. Uh, and it's super important to, uh, as a copywriter, to know how your copy performs. So later on, you know, I had, 
clients who were the complete opposite, who were nightmare clients who, you know, would not give me feedback and who would be super, you know, uh, bad, bad. They, they, they had bad attitudes around the whole concept of copywriting and stuff like that. But this one was definitely a foundational uh, memory and experience. Love that. Yeah. And I, I, I have bought products based on copy that Chaba has written just so people have some, co- I know you wrote the strategic Alliance live uh, co- sales page, which was a fantastic sales page. And I, I reached out to the people at Tony, Tony Banta has been on the show and, and Tom Matson as well, but I, I reached out to them. I was like, this is great copy. And I found out that you were behind it after the fact. So um, you've, you've since honed in on your copywriting skills from that, that day where you got that email. So before we go too much deeper, I always like, if you are one of those people that doesn't know what copywriting is, I want to cover a few more stories, but since we've started, let's open the kimono. And I would love to come from your mouth, Chaba. Would you mind just kind of giving us an overview for those people that don't understand what is copywriting? <laughs> of course. So copywriting, uh, there are different, different types of copywriting. So first of all, it's definitely not the legal term. It's not copywriting. You, you, ha- you add the little W, copywriting. And still, the name is pretty misleading because it assumes that you write something. And in most cases, it's part of the equation. You do write something, but it's much, much, much bigger than just writing something. It's about uh, giving someone a persuasive message so that they act, so that they do something. Some people call copywriting salesmanship in print. How I like to think about it is that uh, it's basically a way to get under the skin of people, uh, you know, insert your message, your, uh, your um, monologue into the conversation that's already happening in their minds so that they feel like, oh, yes, this is exactly what I want. So that's Mm -hmm. what copywriting is in my world. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously there's different schools of thought of people that use copywriting for evil, (laughs) using copywriting for good as as for any powerful strategy. But I will say, I was thinking about this earlier today because I was talking to somebody that will be a guest on the show. I haven't recorded the episode, Matt Bordreau, but we were talking about like foundational first principle skills. Like if we, if you had to go and teach a high Mm -hmm. school class or teach, you know, people that are really, really young, I truly believe that copywriting is one of those skill sets that if you master it, it has a ripple effect on almost every other component of your life, because you have to be a clear thinker. You have to be a clear communicator. You have to observe the world much differently. And once you have this as a first principle skill set, it lends to more effective communication when you're speaking to people. It leads to more effective communication from random emails that you're writing to other people if you want them to take action. It's not always sitting down and writing a sales letter, writing an email sequence, writing a script for a YouTube video. So I just would encourage you listening to think about this from a very broad perspective that it, I truly believe if you have this first principle skill set, it will have ripple effects in other areas of your life. So has, I would curious, do you have anything to build on top of that, Chava? Oh yeah, that, that's a great uh, uh, you know insight that you just uh, covered there. Uh, in one of my emails, I think I call copywriting the ultimate money skill as well because it's not just one skill. You know, you have you can learn different hobbies and skills, but it's also money skill. It is directly a hard skill that will help you make money. So if you're a freelancer and you want to start copywriting, just know that virtually every single company needs copy. Uh, they need messages that convert people. And uh, 
you know, there's a slight disagreement between like copywriters and designers and, and UX, so user experience people, but usually the message is what gets the sale. So mm-hmm. yes, the, your website could look really nice and uh, you can have all those cool animations and you can have pictures and images and it might be pretty, it might win awards, but ultimately a persuasive message is what really gets the sale. It's what shifts people beliefs so that they believe that your solution is the key to their number one desire. And you know, your solution is the only one that's, uh, uh, that's, that's different and superior compared to anything else they've seen before. Mm-hmm. I'll also say to add on top of that is like, even if you never plan on writing a line of copy for yourself, like if you're not, if you're like, I'm not going to write any sales copy for my site. I'm not going to write any social media posts. Understanding how to recognize good copy and how to work with good copywriters is also going to have dramatic impacts uh, on multiple areas. So I'll just add on top of that. So there we go. Now we have a little bit of a a foundation in copywriting. Didn't want to spend too much time there, but let's, let's zoom back even earlier to your experience, just so they can see where you've been Chaba and kind of some of the stuff you're up to now. But I thought this was hilarious. I would love for you to share your first ever client. Who were they and what did you write? Uh, what was the topic that you wrote on? <laughs> oh God, yeah. So my first ever client uh, was a sex shop. So it was uh, a web shop uh, selling male enhancement products. So basically different things that it looked like, they looked like medieval torture devices that you put on your private parts that are supposed to make it look bigger or supposed to like, like physically grow it by an inch or something. Uh, but also other different stuff that will, you know, satisfy your deepest desires. And, um, uh, you know, in the beginning, when I was hunting for clients, I was happy to lend this client as my first client. Like I, I wasn't really, you know, picky, something like that. And right around that time, I was writing about desire building bullets. So bullets, if you don't know this, uh, is, uh, is a key part of copywriting. Some people also call them fascinations. And um, uh, they're used to build desire for whatever you want to sell. It's kind of, it builds a little intrigue and desire for a certain aspect of your product or your book or your course or whatever. And as I was, you know, learning about desire building bullets and I was writing about, you know, these desire inducing stuff, uh, it was a great way to really hone my skills, I would say. It's so funny. And I I highlighted this on your site and like as it's probably a similar takeaway that I would have had if I brought that on as my first client is like you, like, like I would assume this is probably you learned a little bit about the difference between the buy my shit type of copywriting and like building real relationships with people type of copywriting. And so can you maybe speak a little bit to that? Cause I would, I would, I would assume that nowadays you're, you're not working on the buy my shit side of things, but to share a little bit about, about um, that transition and kind of the difference that you, that you understood now that you understand now. Sure. Sure. So usually, you know, um, clients who hire like very beginner copywriters like I was back in that day, they are usually not sophisticated enough in marketing to uh, to go past the buy my shit phase. So most people, they just want to hire someone who can help them sell their shit. And in most cases, unfortunately, their product is shit. Uh, because if they were to have a great product, they would probably be more successful with it, probably have the, the means and the funds to hire someone more experienced. Uh, but also their audience, like it depends. 
in most cases, generally, we can say that you know some of the biggest um, biggest uh, niches are 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 mon the money make like the get get rich online or to make money online or offline even. Uh, there are a lot of health offers, you know, weight loss and and fitness and stuff like that. Uh, and there are also like financial stuff, and especially nowadays, crypto and Bitcoin. You know, and there's a big spectrum there. So there are clients there who are doing like the Agoras of the world who have the, the best copy in the industry. They dedicate uh, tons of resources to their copywriters. And it really shows like they're a billion dollar plus company. But on the other end of the spectrum, there are the, the, the small, you know, entrepreneurs who just, you know, just created an offer or they package their, their, their crypto, you know, course or something that they no longer want to sell on Udemy. They want to sell it to, uh, through Facebook ads or something like that. And in most cases, uh, of course, they want high P copy. They want something that they think is supposed to look like a copywriter wrote it. But the problem is, uh, and that's what I realized uh, eventually after working through, uh, you know, like dozens of clients, uh, is that the uh, the hypey copy doesn't really work so well anymore, and you need a specific personality to be okay with just putting out hypey copy. So I quickly became uh, you know sick and tired of it because it was making promises, huge promises that it couldn't really back up with proof. Especially those early stage companies, they don't have proper testimonials in most cases. So again, it, then it becomes a question of like ethics as well. Like, uh, do you wanna? dedicate your mental energies because copywriting is definitely it's it's like it's like a double-edged sword it holds immense power and with great power comes great responsibility as uncle ben would say from spider-man right so uh i i, I shifted towards uh working with people who i knew had great products but then you don't necessarily be have have to be so so hypey uh and then i i as i as i went deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole i became a big evangelist of the reason why advertising uh, school of copywriting, which is less about hype and more about like uh, still appealing to their emotions, but giving them tons of proof elements as well. Yeah. And I made a note, we will make sure we dive into reason why copywriting. So we'll put that as an open loop there and we'll cover that in, <laughs> in just a little bit. But yeah, I love that you... Because like, I mean, obviously you started out your journey and you, it was the buy my shit stuff, but now you've realized that it's all about relationships and really connecting with people. And it's like copywriting is really in my mind, it's a skill to connect with people on mass. You know, it's like even, even, even this, mm -hmm. like if you're listening to this right now, that means you listen to the intro to this show, which also means that I probably, I, I know I put together three bullets of what you can expect listening to this episode, right? So Chavo was talking about bullets. That's copywriting right there. It's like, mm -hmm. like getting, building relationships with people. It's like, it's something that is present in all these different areas. And I just, it was a huge light bulb moment for me when I realized that copy lives throughout all this stuff. And if you master this skill set. Um, and obviously mastery is a, um, a, a term that I, I feel like is used kind of loosely, but you know, let's, if you focus on building and getting better at this skill set, it is going to create some massive impact on you. So I love that. Now, I, Chab, I would love to dive into one of your more recent projects because we covered we covered the, the the early days of the sex shop. We covered the, one of your first campaigns that started making some money. And one of the things that you've become well known for is this project that you worked on for breaking down 100 sales letters. So I would love for you to share a little bit about the motivation behind that. And also if you could allude to like some of the sales letters that you decided to break down, kind of like the history behind them. Sure, sure. So uh, 
you know, everybody ne needs something to be known for. You know, you, he's the guy. He's the other type of guy. And uh, I, was, I was searching for that for quite a while. Uh, and eventually, since one of my biggest goals in life is to get as close as possible to understanding how the world, including the human mind, works, uh, I always loved learning ever, ever since I was a child, ever since I was like a toddler and a kid and a teen and a university student. So uh, I, was, I was just binging old school stuff of copywriting because what I started to discover is that uh, most of the, of, the, of the supposedly cutting edge, and I'm pulling in quotes here, cutting edge uh, copywriting training nowadays is basically just a rehash of all the old stuff. Uh, but oftentimes it's watered down. So I wanted to go back to the source. And since, you know, I went deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, I figured, you know, why not, why not just, just, just make this into something more interesting. So I joined a course called Copy Hour uh, in, at the end of 2020. Yeah, at the end of 2020. Uh, and the, the, the shtick about that course is that it forces you to hand copy proven sales letters for 90 days. So uh, the guy who was behind the course, Derek Johansson, he uh, sent you an email. And it's a great course, by the way. Uh, he sends you an email uh, every day uh, and uh, with a sales letter. And it encourages you to hand copy the entire sales letter or the headline, the lead, the beginning part, the hook or something like that. And then just, uh, just think about it. So I started doing that, but I said, you know, what if I took this one step further? What if I actually uh, went, you know, not just, so I wouldn't just copy it, hand copy it, but I would teach it back because then it, it, uh, it, it goes much deeper much deeper. And uh, I, I quickly realized that, yes, this could be something that could put me on the map as like uh, Chubba's the sales letter breakdown guy. He's the guy who takes old school stuff, combines them with the latest cutting edge tactics and strategies, and then, you know, synthesizes them. So uh, in, I think it was the 9th of January, 2021, it was during the middle of COVID, everything was shut down. You know, I couldn't go to the gym. Uh, the weather was pretty bad here in Hungary because I live in Budapest, Hungary. So, you know, there wasn't really that else to do, right? So I said, you know, screw it, let's do it. Uh, and I decided to do 100 days because 100 days is more sexier than 900 days, than, than 90 <laughs> days, to be honest. And um, uh, I just I just went with it and I never skipped a day. I, 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 I did... You know, I, I read the sales letter. Sometimes it was part of uh, the copy hour program, like it straight the sales letter was taken straight from there. But many oftentimes um, it was it was something that I found on Google or I had access to from other programs or something like that. And I went deeper and deeper. So eventually I started breaking down longer and longer sales letters because they were more sophisticated. But then I couldn't hand copy it because it would take me forever. And I quickly realized that hand copying is fine and all. And it, I think it's one of the best exercises you can do as a copywriter. Um, I, I would phase out after like 20 minutes or something. And my mind works in a way so that if I, if I, if I break it down and I mark it up with comments and I created like a swipe file of these 100, 103 ads uh, now, actually 105, because I had to pull two down, <laughs> but in total, mm -hmm. there were 105 and I would, you know, break this, break those down. I would mark them up with my comments and then just hit record, record like a 30 minute video. Sometimes there was one hour. So this was long form content 
uploaded video. I had like a, a very basic uh, template for a thumbnail. I had some very basic uh, keyword optimized like description text. And I would just hit publish every single day from Monday to um, Saturday. So Sundays were off because I'm still human and I wanted to rest as well a little bit. Oh man, there's so much gold that you just said there. So I'm just going to attempt to highlight all of this that I, that I made it as a, to, to follow up on this. First of all, if this is interesting to you, you can head to gameofconversions.com. Is that correct, Chaba? Yes. Okay. So anybody can go to game of conversions right now. If this is already piquing your interest and you want to see the breakdown of the hundred sales letters, Chaba will point you in the correct definition there. But a few things I want to highlight one going to the source. I think that is something that has come up as a main theme is just that there's so much noise out there today. And the more that you can go back to the, I'm using this word a bajillion times in this show already, but first principle skills, like what are the first principles that you know to be true and then build up from there? Like studying those originals, that source material is such a wise thing. And so if you go look at lots of the people that are successful today, go and don't study from them. Uh, you can, but I think it's really interesting to see who did they study for? Are they still around? And usually you will find it's like Jay Abraham <laughs> or Jay mm-hmm. Abraham or yeah. like someone, someone like that. Um, so, so studying people like Jay Abraham, um, and then going to some of the source, some of the original copywriters, like, um, Gary Halbert, Joe Sugarman. Like these are some of the words that some of the names that you don't hear as much about Joe mm-hmm. Sugarman. You don't hear as much about Gary Halbert or Gary Bensylvania Benga, if I got his last name correct. Like, like these yeah. are some of the OG guys in this space. Uh, Paris Lampropolis is another guy that you might not find a lot of content on him, but, but, um, basically I would encourage anybody, uh, and maybe we can put together a list Chaba, or if you want to share some of those first principle sources, they're great people to learn from. So uh, I'll put a pause and I'll, I'll just jump a little bit here. Any, any books from some of those people that we talked about? I mean, Eugene Schwartz, breakthrough advertising, like give a few of those first principle, um, or like foundational pieces that if somebody was interested and they wanted to go down the rabbit hole, what are some of your favorites? Oh, that's a great question. I love it. Um, so, you know, the foundational guy who basically started it all was Claude Hopkins. He Mm. wrote scientific advertising. Also, he has another book called my life in advertising, which is more about stories, like how he helped certain brands and keep in mind, he was the, the highest paid copywriter at that, that, that time. He worked uh, like in the 1920s, he was earning like $110,000 a year, which in, in, in that time was like a crazy amount of money, like a salary as a copywriter as well. But he was the best. And he wrote a book called Scientific Advertising. Uh, it's just as relevant today as it was 100 years ago. Uh, definitely make sure to read that. Uh, sometimes it's a little weird, you know, they're selling products which are, which no longer exists today, or like uh, it's not really up to date in some, uh, you know, societal norms. Let's just call it that, like uh, <laughs> gender stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, but still, like he invented the term of like measuring your advertising. Uh, he inv- he invented stuff like using a coupon for uh, for uh, for getting people to you know buy something right now he invented stuff like uh you know following up with people and 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 innovating stuff in direct mail and all sorts of stuff uh but he also worked with 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 big brands as well so definitely claude hopkins and i think i broke down like two or three of his uh his his ads uh originally then the other person i would definitely encourage everybody to check out is uh, is joseph sugarman 
Uh, he also has legendary book. Um, it actually has two, um, two titles. Um, so um, you, you might find it like this or like that, but he has a book called Triggers, uh, which is about like 33 persuasive triggers that you can use anywhere in life, not just in copywriting as well. Um, and, uh, and he wrote, he invented the 800 number for marketing purposes. And that was huge. That was huge because finally people could call in and, and, and they were able, like it, it, it accelerated the concept of direct response marketing tenfold. And he was also like an amazing copywriter as well. He served in the military. So he has a very, very interesting life, by the way. And unfortunately, he passed away this year, like uh, yeah, recently. a few months ago. Yeah, I think in, in, in March 2022 or, or February or something like that. Um, the other notable figure is Gary, Gary Halbert, of course. Gary Halbert was the grandfather of, of, of emotional copywriting. His style is, is very raw, very, it, it sounds like, you know, a very charismatic guy talking to you on a Friday night in a bar, uh, just, just talking to you in such a deep way that you feel like he's like your soulmate or something like that. That's what Gary Halbert did. And I think he has the most like I, I broke down most of his stuff, like not most of his stuff because he had so many, but of, of the hundred uh, breakdown videos, I think more than 10 are just from Gary Ben Savant, uh, Gary Halbert. Um, he was definitely an OG of, of marketing. He passed away in 2008, six or seven or something like that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but definitely recommend. He's one of the more well-known copywriters, I think, because because he has a few books. Very interesting. He wrote a book from prison because he he went to prison for a few years. Uh, You know, it was it was a messy deal. Like it wasn't necessarily his fault. He got, you know, um, he was, uh, you know, blamed for for something that some partners of him did in a company. Uh, But uh, and, and he had like a very lavish personality. Like one time at one time he wrote an ad about himself and posted it in the LA Times to find girlfriends, actually, or to find, you know, like one, you know, new companion for him. Yeah. And it's a fascinating read. I also broke that down. Definitely check it out. Uh, cool. Do you want me to continue, Brandon? No, or? this this is great. Like, this is so, and, and again, here's the crazy part is this stuff is so old and you can find it on Amazon right now. I'm pretty sure I bought scientific advertising by Claude Hopkins for like 99 cents or something like that. Like, and, and like, there's like, I know I give lots of book recommendations for bringing out authors and that kind of stuff, but honest to God, like go back and read some of these foundational stuff. And I guarantee you listen to a, like, go listen to a hundred podcast episodes. Like you're not hearing these books come up that much. And when the first, actually I met Paris Lampropolis once and he sat down and he gave me a list of like mm-hmm. these things. And that was the first time I was like, holy shit, <laughs> I didn't even know these things existed. And it's like, you have to know about them. And the other thing I'll add on top of what you said, I haven't read all of them, but Gary Halbert, if you can correct me if I'm r- wrong, because I know you've read them, but the boron letters, mm-hmm. Gary Halbert, I believe he wrote those from prison a lot, yes, a lot yes. of the point too. So, exactly. so like, there's lots of like, and it was letters to his son bond um, yeah. and it was about like lessons of, of copywriting and that kind of stuff. And I didn't know this existed, but I'm for sure buying this as soon as we finish here, but you can find the boron letters for nine bucks as a Kindle book now, um, which I you can find it for I, free as well online. Oh yeah. There you, you can go. find it yeah. for free. Yeah. And so go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I just like, yeah. So I was just, I, I'm glad we 
went down this rabbit hole a little bit just because all this source material is so good as anybody that wants a foundation. Um, and it's well, well worth your time. And it's a reminder that I need to go. And I'll, I'll just add one more uh, a breakthrough advertising oh, yeah. by um, uh, Eugene Schwartz. And that one is if you go on eBay, it sells for like six or 700 bucks or something like that uh, because they're like so rare. But um, Brian Kurtz bought the, the rights to this book. If you go to titansmarketing.com, uh, you should be able to find, I think it's like 200 bucks or a hundred bucks and you can get the reprinted version of breakthrough advertising. And that is also considered one of the source materials of all this stuff. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was supposed to be my next recommendation, but I was, I was, you know, um, uh, going in, uh, uh, going linearly, uh, linearly in time. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so breakthrough advertising, that's like the Bible of copywriting for sure. Uh, Eugene Schwartz wrote it in 1963 or 67. So it's like a 50 year old book, but still the amount of wisdom and insight that's packed into that book. And okay, it's a hard book to read for sure. It's a bitch yeah. to get through. Uh, but I mean, it's still, it's the basis of like why we have funnels today. The whole, con like one concept, just one concept from the book called the stages of awareness is why we use funnels actually. Uh, and uh, I know that Paris Lampropoulos was like, uh, he's one of the, the, the foremost scholars in breakthrough advertising. This was his secret weapon for years. And fun fact, uh, Brian Kurtz is actually one of my mentors and I'm in his, in his, uh, um, um, mastermind as well. So uh, I, I, I have a copy of Breakthrough Advertising directly from him as well as part of this, but you can buy it from, for 125 actually, uh, if you go through titansmarketing.com. It's a fascinating book for sure. I definitely recommend it to everyone. Um, and, you know, I still use it every single day. And if you just read one book about mm, not just copywriting, but like persuasion in general, and human psychology. Uh, even, yeah, and human psychology, how people make decisions and buy. It's even better than influence from Robert Cialdini. You know, it's, it's better than anything else out there. Breakthrough advertising, for sure. Yeah. But Eugene uh, Schwartz was also a great copywriter and like a, a Renaissance man, right? So the whole book is packed with stuff that a Renaissance man would put into a book. So that's why it's not just about marketing. It's about, about, about how, how the brain works. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm so sorry you listening right now. We just dumped like 900 resources <laughs> on you, but I will. I, I always choose to fire hose and you can choose to explore what you would like. And I, I'll make this the last recommendation. We can move away from this part. Since we talked about Brian Kurtz, he wrote a book called Over Deliver, oh, yeah. which is a fantastic book as well. And because the book is called Over Deliver, he provides what five, ten thousand dollars worth of bonuses when you when you just buy the book. It's ridiculous. And you can find some really hidden, like hard to find copywriting material in the bonuses of that book. I think there is a original interview I've listened to by Eugene Schwartz that's in mm -hmm. there. Um, yes. Some of, some of actually some of Jay Abraham's full courses are in there. Yeah. Um, how, to, how to get from where you are to where you want to be. I've listened to that multiple times. I think that's like probably the only place you can find it. So uh, another thing where it's like, if you want to spend 10 bucks and get $10,000 worth of value, <laughs> Brian Kurtz is uh, another incredible resource on that topic as well. So um, yeah. yeah, that was, a, that was quite the rabbit hole, but very fun. By the way, Brandon, <laughs> I have a blog post somewhere with like 22 uh, books that I, that I recommend with like links okay. and stuff. Uh, if you want, we can also include this as a link, yes. uh, you know, my top recommended copywriting and marketing books. Okay, cool. I will make a note to make sure that we get that in the show notes from you. Um, let me, let's, let's, let's continue down 
a little bit because I had this is something that I, I did want to talk about. You mentioned the Bible of copywriting, breakthrough advertising, the one that we were just talking about that you can get it through Titans Marketing. Um, five the five stages of awareness is one of the most foundational concepts. And when I when I heard about this for the first time, it just made so much sense, and it'll add lots of color to the world. If you're doing any form of marketing, if you are running any Facebook ads, if you're writing any copy, if you're producing any form of content, the five stages of awareness is one of those foundational concepts that. I mean, I'm not, I'm saying this as somebody that has read it and has an understanding of it. I'm sure I could understand it a lot deeper, but um, as somebody that has studied a lot, Chab, I would love for you to maybe, I don't know if you have them memorized, but if you could walk us through sure. a little bit, some of the five stages of awareness, I think it's really, really relevant for us today. Sure, sure. So uh, the concept of the five stages of awareness basically uh, means that people, like you don't want to look at people as like one big bunch of demographic information. That's how most people, most people want to look at them. It's like, oh, we're targeting people between like the ages of 18 to 65 males who, uh, I don't know, uh, have the top 10% income in the country or something like that. No, it doesn't work like that. You are talking to people, flesh and blood people one-on-one. -on -one, and that's why copywriting is one-to-many selling actually. But you're kind of um, simulating a one-to-one -one conversation. You're kind mm -hmm. of simulating what a salesman would do. And the thing about this is that not everybody who lands in your world uh, has the same beliefs about themselves, about your product, about how much they want it or not. So the concept of, uh, of the stages of awareness, the five stages of awareness, basically is um, a, uh, a, a helpful way to uh, target people differently and to talk to them differently based on their stage of awareness. So in the beginning, when they don't know about you, they don't know about solutions, and they don't even know that they have a problem, they are in the unaware phase. And that's why we have blog posts. That's why we have advertorials or pre-sell pages or story-based, you know, content that hooks people in and kind of, you know, just awakens their realization that, oh yeah, I do have a problem. So if you give them, uh, let's say they, they don't realize that their life sucks because they're not healthy enough or something like that, uh, they might not realize that. Uh, it's weird nowadays. Most markets nowadays are definitely not in the unaware stage, but in some cases they are. Uh, so in that case, it doesn't make sense to give them an offer straight away. It doesn't make sense to talk about the uniqueness of your product because they, they just don't realize that they need a product. They don't even know they have a problem. So that's why you want to warm them up. So then, uh, you know, the next stage is problem aware. So in this case, people know they have a problem, but they're just like, eh, you know, I've always lived with it. It's fine. You know, I will never be able to solve it because I have bad genes, let's say, or something. I have, I'm big bones or something like that. Uh, and that's why I, I can never lose weight, for example. So uh, most people in, uh, in the uh, problem aware stage, they, um, most interruption-based marketing targets these people. That's why most Facebook ads, for example, target problem aware people. That's why you see most Facebook ads talk about the problem and then tease a unique new solution to them. It's like, oh, so you're struggling with this and this and this and this. Well, there's something different and superior that you've never seen before uh, that I've come up with. And I put it put together like a handy little cheat sheet that explains everything. Click here to, you know, get it. Or, you know, join my free webinar uh, in which I will show you exactly how to make 
$5,000 in the next month or something, how to go from zero to making 5K as a freelancer or something that targets people in the problem aware stage. And this is what most, you know, uh, advertising that targets uh, cold prospects is about. But then when they learn on the, when they land on the landing page, that's why we call them a landing page, uh, they suddenly, they uh, become solution aware. Now they realize that, oh my God, there's a new solution that I haven't seen before. Uh, I've been struggling with this problem. And finally, I have new hope. And, you know, good copywriting, good advertising gives people new hope, uh, regardless if they tried, if they never tried something before, or if they tried a hundred different solutions before. That's why if you have a squeeze page, which is like a very, very short page, just a headline, a few bullets and like your mini ebook or something, they will subscribe for that because they want the solution. Uh, and then uh, through, you know, emails and the email campaigns that you send them either automatically or in real time, you know, broadcasts as well, you genuinely warm them up so that they become product aware, they start hearing about your product more and more. Uh, you showcase how your product is you know, unique and different and superior. And then finally, when they're most aware, what they need is kind of like a discount or uh, some sort of thing that knocks them off the fence and makes them buy now, not tomorrow, but right now. So that's yeah. why basically this, this is like a basic funnel that I just walk you through. And it was created because something had to appeal to every single stage of awareness. It's so important. Thank you for, for covering that. I know it kind of put you on the spot. It's like, wow. So, so this guy knows his stuff. He was able to just whip out the five stages of awareness. So, <laughs> which is, which is really, really cool. And again, this is covered in, in, in breakthrough advertising, if you want to go deeper and deeper, but I will never forget the first time I cracked open breakthrough advertising, the first sentence uh, or the first paragraph is just like, even it's super, super relevant. I'm not going to get it um, spot on, but it's basically, it's like the, the need, the desire for the product already exists and mm -hmm. you are not creating yeah. this. It like, like the, the desire is already out there in the market and your copy is designed to uh, grab the awareness of those people in those different stages and, and harness them and channel it into your product and service. And so exactly as Chaba very artfully described, it's like the more you can be aware of these being different categories, you can create content or uh, that targets each of these different stages of awareness. So like just kind of riffing, it's like Chaba's 100 sales letter breakthrough that might kind of go towards the unaware people that don't even realize that it's like content marketing um, and I, maybe I won't riff anymore, but I'm just curious, Chaba, do you, if you want to maybe share a little bit about some of the marketing that that fits into some of those categories. Like if if you wanted to start building a, a funnel and somebody's in the unaware phase, what are the kind of things you do there? What do you do if it's pain problem aware? Can you maybe share some of that? Yeah. So probably the best thing that works uh, for unaware people is some sort of story because then they don't have, you know, most people have a lot of sales resistance and they have their own internal beliefs. They believe that the world works a certain way. But obviously, if they're clearly struggling with something and they're unaware, they're not aware of the problem, they're of course not aware of the solution or not aware of your solution, uh, how can we expect them to really care about the product or about your cool offer or something like that? Well, you can't. But if you give them a story, you kind of circumvent this sales resistance. You kind of go through the back door and it's a covert way to uh, actually um, get past this. Uh, so I think it's, it, it, it's pretty cool. The other big thing that works 
or quizzes in these cases, uh, you know, the type of like, which Disney character are you? Or something like that. You see <laughs> these from Buzz Sumo or, you know, uh, like uh, BuzzFeed or, or all these, these, these media outlets. The purpose of those is to get people who are unaware about a specific problem, get them into some sort of, you know, uh, lead follow-up machine, like get their email uh, or something like that, and then eventually warm them up so that they become most aware. Uh, the other great thing is an advertorial. Again, this could be like a listicle. Uh, the top 10 ways to, uh, you know, make sure the top 10 ways to get a bikini body uh, for this summer. You know, that's this is a topical uh, topic right now. But uh, people who don't even, you know, they're not really sure that they have a problem. They're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm okay, but I, I, I don't feel like I want to purchase like, I don't know, a new weight loss supplement or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, you can circumvent this by just talking about these, these little tips and showing like arousing, like tap, just like you said, and how Eugene Short said, tapping into an already existing desire that they have that they might not realize. Mm -hmm. they're all, there's always a desire somewhere. People want all sorts of stuff, but there, there are some, some problems that are preventing them from reaching those those desires and the concept of stories and storytelling itself uh even if we go back to the hero's journey both the outer journey and the inner journey because there's actually two journeys that are happening in each story uh you know the whole concept there is also a transformation mm -hmm. uh, so that's for unaware for problem aware most cold ads are problem aware there are some copywriting formulas that deal with this like the uh, the AIDA formula, attention, interest, desire, action, or the PAS, the problem, agitation, solution. That's pretty, pretty common and pretty basic copywriting formula. But basically, you, uh, you talk about either your problem through a story. Once again, stories come in all the time. You talk about your problem so that people identify with your problem and start to imagine your story as like part of their own story. So that's how we, again, go through the back door. Or yep. you kind of uh, just, you know, um, just do something to arouse their, their problem. Or you, even if you give them a case study or something, like these were the problems they were facing. Solution yep. aware, you know, landing pages. In solution aware, you just want to get them to take the next step, to, to, um, to commit a little bit of their time, not much. And this is the biggest mistake I see most landing pages and lead magnets actually do is that they try to overwhelm people with all sorts of stuff. But it's way better to just um, give them some sort of quick win, something that they can implement in 10 minutes or something like that. Because then they will feel like it gives them momentum, right? It's a micro commitment and they do. It gives them momentum and they will feel like, oh, so I have this problem. And I know now that there are solutions to it. And look at that. I just solved part of my problem in 10 minutes because of this person. How yeah. cool is that? And then come the emails, which shift their beliefs more. And, uh, you know, email marketing, I would say in most cases is to uh, like solution aware and, and product aware people. But of course, you can use anything there. And then for most uh, uh, most aware people, it's just giving them offers straight up, like direct offers. Yeah. And there's a the concept of, of, of leads, which basically means how you begin a sales message based on their stage of awareness and stage of market sophistication. But I don't want to you know, yeah. <laughs> go too, yeah. too, too deep there.
Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, first of all, thank you for sharing all that. I want to pull us back up uh, for hopefully some of our friends aren't drowning right now. This is, this is like, there's so much gold in everything that Chaba is talking about because like, and, and everything that he said, you can probably spend five to six hours researching each of these topics. <laughs> and so like, there's so much wisdom that was shared there. So if you need to rewind and just really let that sink in, do that. But so I want to, I want to pull us back up to surface level a little bit, and then we'll go back down a little bit again. So let's give some kind of like easier, things that people could begin to apply. And, and, um, over the years, I, I came across this video that you put on your topic, as far as like some tools that, that might be really valuable if you're starting to write mm -hmm. and produce some stuff. Um, and I, I was, I was curious to maybe ask this and maybe give something that somebody is like, let's say maybe you just wrote a basic piece of copy and you just want some ways that you can maybe strengthen it a little bit, um, without going into all the levels of sophistication, all that kind of stuff. What are some of your favorite tools that you found over the years that can help people strengthen their copy? Well, my, my favorite tool is actually your own subconscious or my <laughs> own subconscious. So you don't need an external tool for this. Just relax. So after you write something, just relax. Just do something else. Go for a walk. Go to the gym. Go out to a nice restaurant or something like that. Just let your subconscious work with it. Because your first draft, your first version will never be your best version. And it's fine. It's totally okay. Uh, but oftentimes what happens to me and what almost every single A-list copywriter as well, uh, you know, who are at the top of their game in this industry are saying is that uh, th their best ideas, their best hooks, their best, you know, flow states actually come after they don't try to force it. So that would be my number one tool. Just, just sleep on it. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you have to create a, like an email or a landing page or something for yourself or for a client, just sleep on it. Okay. Revisit it the next day, maybe even the day after that and see how much better it becomes. Like you're just going to see it differently. The other tool uh, is something called the Hemingway app, which uh, is a free tool on the internet. You can just Google it Hemingway app. And what this does is that you can put your text into it and it highlights where the text is hard to read. And this is super important in copywriting. You definitely don't want to create complicated text. Uh, you want to write at like the sixth grade level between the fourth and sixth grade because that converts the best. And this is not about like, you know, when we say you, you have to dumb down your text, it doesn't mean that your target audience are dumb or they're stupid or something like that. It's not insulting their intelligence or your intelligence because, you know, some people are like, oh, why do you say we should dumb it down? Do you think my people are stupid? No, they could be like nuclear physicists or PhDs. But the thing is, if your message is confusing, if you have large walls of text without any clearly divisible paragraphs, or if you use a lot of complicated words, like people don't want to, they don't want to invest effort to read that. They can be like, like take Elon Musk, for example, obviously he's a genius, but if you were to send him an email, which has long paragraphs, a lot of complicated words and stuff like that, would he read it? Probably no, because he has tons of other stuff going on in his life. And people don't want to read your ad. They will quickly realize in most cases that what they're reading is an ad. They don't want to read your ad. They have other stuff to do in their lives as well, unless your ad itself is interesting. And that's why, again, reason why advertising and, 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 and content-based marketing comes in. Yeah. Hemingway app is something that I used a lot. I use it less and less now, but like, as you, like, I just want to highlight exactly what you said. There was a study and I'm not going to remember all the details, but it was something along the lines of they, they studied the, 
vocabulary and the simplicity of the language for presidential candidates and the people, the people that became elected were the ones that were using simple language, you know? So like, I mean, I think that that just speaks to exactly what Chavez says. I teach this all the time when you're reaching out to people, it's like, nobody wants to sit and read a wall of text. Like you said, no matter how intelligent they are, like, like if you can distill it in a way that makes it very simple, you toss some bucket brigades. I know that's another copywriting Mm -hmm. topic that we probably don't have time to get into, but like make it very simple and easy to read. I will say, I'll just add another thing on here. Joe Sugarman pioneered this concept or talks about this concept of a slippery slide where like you, the whole goal of the headline is to read it, to make them read the first, the subheadline, the whole goal of the subheadline is to get them to read the first line and the goal of the first line is to get them to read the second line. And then, so they, they start at the top and they pop out at the bottom. And so I think that alludes to the simplicity and elegance of what you're writing is you want it to be like a slippery slide where they read the first line of the email and they finish it at the very end. So, and I also love the fact that you alluded to the subconscious being the, the best tool, because I think that's, that's a really, really powerful insight that you shared there. Yeah. And can I also give you one more tool? Yes, please do. Uh, so something else that is really powerful, but most people overlook it, is just record yourself talking or reading yeah. out loud. Because what happens in most cases, and I learned about this from David Deutsch, who's also like a A-list copywriter, one of the best in the world. Um, what happens in most cases is that people enter in the, into this so-called writing mode. So when they sit down to write, first they have blank page syndrome which basically happens, like it, it, it basically means, oh, how do I begin? Well, if you do enough research and that's a completely different topic in copywriting, it solves bank based syndrome. But after that, what happens is that people start sounding weird, but when your target <laughs> audience reads your copy, they're reading it loud in their minds. So if it sounds weird, it's gonna sound even weirder for them. Like there's this stranger who's trying to give me a message and it sounds weird. So that that's not, it doesn't go well with the slippery slide at all. If you want the slippery slide to happen, you want your text to be easy to understand, friendly, uh, casual, like talking to a friend in a bar at a Friday night, something like that. So uh, what if, if you're struggling to create a pitch or something like that, copy for yourself, and I also do this sometimes, is just record yourself like giving the pitch or something and, or, or, or um, like a voice type it, voice, voice to text it uh, with an app or something like that and see how different it feels like. It's going to be way better. And the reverse is also true. Like when you're editing your copy, just read it out loud every single time. Now, when I write emails uh, or anything else, I basically write loud. Like as I'm writing, I'm kind of speaking it loud because I have to hear it back. It's totally different. Yeah. It's because it's like at the end of the day, you're having conversations with people is is all you're doing. And so the more natural and like you break lots of grammar rules in doing this and that's completely okay. Cause like you want to communicate like speech, like the way we actually communicate, the more formal and fancy you get. I think that's kind of like an issue with our kind of school system in general. It's like, you're taught to write essays that are really scholarly and formal. And like, you obviously lose (laughs) people if you're communicating that way. I'll toss in an app specifically that I've used a lot in this Um, Mm otter.ai. If you want to record in there, it'll transcribe what you're doing. And that might help you get a little bit unstuck. So man, we have covered a lot of ground already, Chaba. And I know I have like way more that we can dive into, but hopefully I want to keep this. I want to make sure this is valuable for people that have never heard about copywriting, that that have heard about copywriting and want to expand it a little bit, or maybe 
maybe even people that want just a review of some of the high level summaries. So I will say all this stuff has been super, super valuable so far, but let's, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about the architecture and obviously I don't want to, for the guy that has broken down a hundred sales letters, I'd be stupid to not ask you some of the patterns that you recognized over those times. So, um, I know on your site, and again, anybody can go to gameofconversions.com, you give away this incredible cheat sheet called Secret Copy Recipe that uh, steal the proven architecture behind 100 of the most profitable ads of all time. Um, so I would highly encourage anybody to go check that out. I have it downloaded and it's a great framework if you're ever going to write a sales letter. Um, but obviously we don't have time to pick apart the entire thing. So I thought maybe for the time remaining, Chaba, we could just kind of cover some of the foundational concepts inside of the Secret Copy mm -hmm. Recipe um, so I would love to start with um, uh, the big idea. I think that that's kind of like one of the main things that you have before you even get started. Actually, unless you want to do, do researching the research process, I would love to start with maybe one of those two things of the process. If, you, if you're sitting down right now, you're listening to this, you're like, I want to write something. Where do you start? I would love to zoom in on some of the, one of these two things and give someone uh, some homework if, they, if they're in the middle of writing something. Sure, I'd love to. So uh, research, like research is the is the most unsexy topic there is. Everybody hates doing it, I myself included, uh, but it has to be done. And one of the biggest differences between uh, uh, like really high level copywriters or more beginner or like intermediate copywriters is the amount of research they do. Um, the best copywriters spend a lot of time on research because like we talked about this when we talked about Eugene Schwartz, you have to know all the pre-existing um, uh, like deepest desires and, and, and fears and pains of your target audience, of your ideal customer avatar, right? You also have to know their beliefs because they do have a lot of false beliefs as well. And this is preventing them from giving your solution a try. Uh, you know, we don't live in a, in, in a bubble anymore. If you're trying to sell like a make money product or a weight loss product or something like almost anything now, there's coaching, it doesn't matter. People, you have to understand that people have tried many different things before. And in most cases, they failed. Like either because it was, you know, their fault, uh, they just didn't implement, they were just too lazy to go through the course if they bought a course, uh, something came up in their lives, uh, their priorities changed or the product itself was bad, it doesn't matter, but they feel a lot of negative emotions because of this. And you have to figure out what were the things they've tried? Why did they fail? And also what are their false beliefs when it comes to this? Like, again, when it comes to weight loss, a lot of people believe that they cannot lose weight because they have bad genes. They cannot lose weight because their, um, you know, their uh, parents we're also overweight or something like that, or they would never be able to give up cupcakes or something like that. So if you want to sell them something that you know can truly genuinely help them, you have to overcome these, these false beliefs. But the only way to overcome them is to find this in research, or if you really know your audience, even better, if you're part of your target audience, that's the best, because you understand the deep emotions that they feel. Like, sure, we can talk about problems, but ultimately, there are a lot of emotions tied to those problems. So ultimately people buy something to, uh, to fix their problems so that they don't no, no longer feel all those emotions, all those negative bad emotions that are making their lives harder and that are uh, you know, di dimensionalized in their day-to-day -day lives, making it worse.
right? So there's a lot of shame in the weight loss niche, for example, or everywhere mm. else, because I've tried this and that, but it, it didn't work. And people blame themselves. And that's why um, in marketing, even though if it's their fault, you never want to, almost never want to communicate this. Like it's never their fault. It's always the fault of a common enemy. They've been misled. You know, they've been confused because big pharma is just trying to get, you know, rich off of their suffering or the Wall Street fat cats are getting rich off of, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, just ripping them off or something like that. A lot of people believe those things inherently. And that's why you have to do research to really figure this out. Once you have this research, the next big thing is the big idea. And the big idea is important because, again, it's, it's what separates an average marketing message from an exceptional marketing message, the idea itself. If your idea is boring, if they've heard it before, if it's too complicated, it's just not going to connect. But if you, if, you, if you hear about a big idea, like the end of America, that was one of the uh, sales letters that I broke down. Actually, it was a video sales letter. And... Uh, it was, I think, it published in 2009, 2010. And it was at that point, the single most successful direct marketing promotion of all time. And the big idea behind End of America is that the dollar is going to lose its reserve currency status. But it's way sexier to just package this idea into something simple to understand with a big impact as like uh, the end of America. <laughs> or dramatic. there was something else called the can Canadian social security. Like people, average Americans, I think the head headline was something like average Americans, just like you are piggybacking off of, in quotes, Canadian social security, collecting, uh, you know, checks of like, I don't know how much every single month. And here the idea was dividend paying stocks, you know, dividend paying stocks, how to get rich off of investing in dividend paying blue chip stocks. It's a boring idea. And they took the same idea and they, they, they kind of came up with this concept of Canadian social security. It's kind of like getting, you know, uh, payments from the government or mm. something like that. This is what big idea means. And you like the biggest predictor of your marketing success is going to be your big idea. If you have something, if you present your idea as something they've never seen before, uh, it's simple to understand. It's emotionally charged. That's very important. And it's focused on one single idea, then something that they can easily share, like the idea of, um, I don't know, when the, the iPod first came out and it was like 7,000 songs in your pocket. That was a unique big idea. Wow. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. It's something shareable. And then again, you don't need the best copy in the world because the idea itself is magnetic. And that's why there are a lot of books about this topic, about how ideas spread. It's kind of like a virus. It's kind of like designing a great virus and then it spreads by itself. Yeah, I love this. I want to zoom in here because I think this is probably like the 80-20 if we had to pick, like obviously any, any copywriting strategy on being sophisticated and tossing it in the Hemiway app and being simple, like all that's well and good. But if you have a terrible idea, you don't know your market, none of it even works, you know? So let's, I, I want to zoom in on one of the big ideas. I have my notes up here from your thing, but you talk about how there's a few themes. There's a unique new opportunity, an urgent problem, an imminent prediction, and mm -hmm. a deal of a lifetime. Obviously, you don't want to go through all those, but I think if I were to pick out one that I've seen is the unique new opportunity. So yeah. anybody that is anybody that has heard about bulletproof coffee, 
that mm-hmm. when Dave, when Dave Asprey came out and he's like, put yak butter in your coffee, everybody's like, what the hell? Like, why would I put yak butter? So like, that's a new opportunity. Or now that I'm thinking about coffee for Sigmatic, like mushroom coffee, like that was their unique new opportunity. When you saw the people talking about chaga mushroom and lion's mane and all that kind of stuff, it's like, oh, I can boost my, through this new opportunity. Or, um, this is taught a lot about in like expert secrets or Russell Brunson stuff, but it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's like the, it, it's showing the old way doesn't work and there's a new vehicle that allows you to take you to where you want to go and i think that a lot of people that have positioned around this successfully have built some incredible movements so i would love for you to share a little bit about some ways that we could think about creating new opportunities even if you may think that what you have right now might not be a new opportunity uh sure so um that's why research is important because without research, you're just not going to find the gold. You have to dig through a lot of dirt to find the gold. But if you find the gold, either in, a, I don't know, a customer testimonial somewhere or some random comment and someone posts on a, on a forum that deals with the topic that you're trying to, uh, to write around, uh, it's going to be way easier to create a big idea. Also, the, the, the key here is that you have to come up with different and, and, and multiple ideas. Don't, don't judge it. Just come up with multiple ideas. So uh, to give you a few more examples, um, like the concept of the four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss's book, that was also a great big idea. Ultimately, it's like how to outsource your life. And if he were to wrote a book uh, of like, hey, how to outsource your life, Maybe it could have been a bestseller. I don't know, but it wasn't magnetic like the four-hour work week. So what happened there, I think it's something called transubstantiation. And basically this comes to my knowledge from the Bible, actually. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of marketing gold in the the Bible and, and religion as well. But it's just like how when you take the uh, you know bread and wine during a, a ritual, uh, it, tra- it it like symbolically transforms into like the blood of Christ. So that's transubstantiation. You're kind of doing alchemy with some sort of uh, you know matter and transforming it into something else. And that's what you're trying to do, I think, when you're trying to come up with big ideas as well. You're kind of trying to take an ordinary idea and and uh, kind of work your magic on it, do a little alchemy on it so that it becomes um, becomes something sexier. So um, I don't know. There was this book called One Thing, for example. Uh, it's a very simple idea. Basically, what this book is about is how to get more done and uh, become uh, you know, more successful in life. But just, just simplifying it, and that's one of the culprits of a great big idea. They came up with the idea of the one thing. Uh, there was another uh, promotion called the Plague of the Black Death. <laughs> so not the Plague of the Black Death, but the Black Death. And again, it was about how to do well in the recession, uh, what assets to invest in during a recession. But it, they gave it a big idea like this. Yeah. Let's, I don't know if you're able to, if you have this accessible or if you can at least like think about it a little bit. Cause like one of the pieces of copy that I saw that was written by you was a strategic alliance sales page. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, like what, what were the, what was the kind of the big idea behind that one? If you can maybe share that as an example of something that you've written. Sure. So uh, the big idea for this one, so we were going, again, that's why research is important and understanding your audience and tapping into their things. We were going for an audience that are 
coaches, consultants, speakers, experts who've tried Facebook ads before. They've tried all sorts of traffic generation and conversion mechanism before, but, uh, and a lot of social, a lot of social media, and they hate it. They weren't really successful with it and they hate it. So in our case, uh, the big idea for that was uh, give me 15 minutes and I'll show you a risk-free way to acquire a surge of new buyers for free without you know, doing, doing all these things you hate, without posting on social media, running paid ads, doing content marketing or stuff like that. But then we also added a unique mechanism to this because this is a claim and it's a pretty big, big claim. And we've added, like this is a whole new different topic, like uh, the something I call the uh, promise believability matrix. So you have to make the biggest promise possible uh, that you can get away with, but also back it up with as much proof uh, as you can. So after this big idea, so the idea was that there's a risk-free way to acquire a surge of new buyers for free, but only if you use this unique new strategy called leveraged acquisition. And then the first part of the promotion, the first like 15 pages, when I say first part, because this was like a, a 40 page sales letter. And, you know, if you think like whoever would read that, well, guess again, it blew past every single KPI expectations of the previous sales letter. It qualifies people way better. And, uh, we, you know, the people who showed up on this event, like 60 I think 60 something percent of them ended up converting in the end, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that. I was one of those people that signed up from it. So I love that, that <laughs> uh, like I saw that beginning to end. So that is a great example of some of these elements that we've been talking about so far. So I know we've gone really, we've been all over the place. Hopefully this is some foundational stuff for you listening. What, no matter where you are on the spectrum, there's plenty for you to explore. There's more things for you to dive into. And um, I don't get to talk about nerdy copywriting stuff that often. So this has been really fun for me. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for that, Chaba. I want to maybe start wrapping things up a little bit so that we can um, send our friends on our, along our way today. But one of the questions that I kind of ask, I like to ask a lot of people, as somebody that studied psychology and this is a complete 180 from everything we're talking about mm -hmm. but this is kind of one of my concluding questions is like what what does happiness mean to you today chaba as somebody that has studied lots of the psychology of what makes humans tick <laughs> uh it's a great question i love it and it's so important because i think it's a north star for most people that a lot of a lot of us forget from time to time but if you know this you're going to be happier in life um so since since learning and understanding, trying to understand the world as much I, as, as I can is so important for me. Uh, what does happiness mean for me personally? Having the time and freedom to learn what, about whatever I'm most excited about at one particular moment. So that's what makes me happiest. That's my happiest place uh, because I feel like I'm free when I have this. And that's why I structured my business this way as well. That's why I started, you know, uh, you know, doing copywriting and freelancing. And now I don't even really work with clients anymore. Sometimes I do, but I'm much more selective with my clients. Not you can just be any random sex shop and <laughs> and hire me. But um, but yeah, I think that's 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 what happiness means to me. 
That's beautiful. And uh, you alluded to so many things there too. Like we didn't even talk about this, but like client selection, obviously super, super important. And I am mad at myself for asking this question after that I asked the happiest question because usually I like to wrap things up here, but I wanted to touch on something. (laughs) So this is kind of going a little bit of reverse order, but I want to go back just a little bit before we wrap things up because I think you did something that has transformed that this concept has also transformed my life. And I had this as a note to not miss this. So I'm glad I did. I at least remembered it before we got off the call, but it's the concept of documenting your own journey. Um, and like, that's exactly what you did at breaking down sales letters is like, and you alluded to this earlier. It's like, you didn't wait until you had everything figured out. Like you basically were just like, I'm going to, I'm going to record this. I'm going to post it on YouTube. And I, I, many, some people might not know this, but like before I started the podcast, I started doing this on Facebook lives. Don't go find them because they're really shitty videos. They're terrible. But like, it was just the concept of like recording content and putting it out there and sharing your journey. Like that's, that's like exactly what I'm doing on this show. It's like, I'm not the guru on the mountain. I don't know everything, but I'm going to go interview some badass people and share what I learned uh, along the way. And it's, it's super valuable for everyone listening and um, you don't have to have everything figured out before you start publishing this stuff. So I was curious if you could share a little bit about your the impact that that approach has made on your life for creating the sales letters and kind of some of the ripple effects and what you would encourage people to do as well. Yeah. So I definitely had some help with this in, in terms of mindset because my other mentor is Kevin Rogers, the founder of Copy Chief. Uh, I was in... Uh, in his coaching program at that time. And he's really big on authority building content, on creating authority building content. And uh, when I first came up with this idea and shared it with him, he was like, yes, Chaba, I think you, you could be the perfect person to actually pull this off because I know how much you like learning and I know how, much, how passionate you are about these old school uh, people. Uh, so uh, that's why I was able, I mean, not, not just that's why, but like it was part of the whole equation there. And um, just like you said, uh, I used to be a perfectionist. I come from a family which is pretty perfectionist in some ways, and it sabotaged me a lot. And I said, you know, screw it. Uh, getting it done is better than perfect. And uh, I didn't really edit my videos, for example, during this, because I know it would take forever. To, to, to do this. Uh, I just wanted to get it out there. And you know what? Nobody really cared about it. So later on, like uh, in my emails, in my, in my uh, welcome sequence, for example, for people who uh, subscribe to my email list, uh, I talk a lot about, you know, um, getting over this, this, this perfectionism and how, you know, I just basically created like three rules for myself for this challenge. And that was, I think, the key. Like, I just had the rule of, like, do this every single day. It doesn't matter how shitty it's going to be. It doesn't matter how much I want it or I don't want it. I tried to remove all the um, all the baggage, all the emotional baggage that, that can come from this, uh, from the equation. I just said, okay, rule number one, do this every day. Rule number two, uh, just just don't edit the videos. It doesn't matter if I get brain fog. It doesn't matter if sometimes I would just like say, uh. but you know what? After a few videos and even the first videos there, I don't think they're, they're bad to be honest, but after a few videos, I got exponentially better. And I became just like, I don't know. I, I, I was able to uh, to just just manufacture pretty good copy on the fly in my mind. And at some point I was able to, Think about something totally else. Well, I was shooting the video and 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 talking about that 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 sales letter as well. So uh, I think what you said is definitely super important, and more people should just 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 ship it, just do it, just 
it's it like the thing that makes you an expert actually it's not like some like you magically become an expert at one point or something like that you become an expert by by just showing up every single day mm-hmm. i think yeah i so uh, man i i just want to you listening right now i just want to encourage you if you are not producing some form of content take what chaba just said to heart like honestly it's it's what this podcast has changed my life in so many ways. It's not even funny. Um, but I like, don't, don't, I here's, here's how I would encourage you to think about it. You listening, like, don't view this as some crazy long-term crazy commitment. Like you don't have to jump in. You don't have to do a hundred sales letters like Chaba. You don't have to launch a podcast and get everything per- perfect. You could, by the time you finish listening to this, within 24 hours, you could click record on a Facebook live and just share something and then, ha- and then, and then be done with that. And like, you could, you could even commit to doing that for a week, but I guarantee that getting over that hump of wanting to produce content and sharing what you're doing in the world, that has been such a huge transformational thing for me. And I love that. I'm, I love that we get to talk about this a little bit because it seems like it's made a massive transformation in your life as well of just admitting like, Hey, I don't know everything, but like, I'm just going to go on this journey. I'm going to share as much as I possibly can. And I'm going to learn along the way. And it's going to turn out if I keep showing up every single day. Yeah, it's huge. And also people will start to look at you like an expert, like they will attribute the expert status to you because you are the one whose face always comes up. Not yeah. theirs, even though objectively speaking, they might be their expert. And that's why one of my programs, actually, the first assignment I give people in module number one is to shoot a two-minute video and, uh, and, and just post it. Like a two-minute video talking about something that changed their lives or something good that happened to them that day and what they learned. I give them a specific formula. But it's so important. Love that. Awesome. Well, Chaba, this has been an absolute blast. Um, I know we've dropped a lot of resources, so that'll all be linked up, linked up, whether you want Chaba's book list that he recommended or some of the individual ones that we had talked about or some of the tools that we talked about, like Heming, Hemingway and otter.ai. Um, we'll find those and we'll make sure that those are linked up if you want to just go and look those up. But besides going to gameofconversions.com, where else can people find out about you and the work that you're up to, Chaba? So uh, I think one thing that could be definitely useful for your listeners or anybody else for that matter is that I know that we talked about so much content, so much stuff, so many sales that are breakdowns. It's a lot for most people, right? So that's why I actually, I've convinced, I've condensed the most important takeaways of all this, this, this big challenge into a helpful cheat sheet. And you mentioned it before, the secret copy recipe. So you can get this at gameofconversions.com forward slash copywriting dash secrets. So gameofconvergence.com forward slash copywriting uh, dash secrets. And hint, this is a great example of a landing page we talked about, uh, which if you, if you remember is a solution aware stage, uh, you know, message that you get. Uh, so I definitely recommend you go there because you're going to get my, my very best tips that I learned from this whole challenge. And you're also going to get like a bi-weekly newsletter that introduces every single video in more detail, dripped out conveniently so that you're not overwhelmed, uh, you know, uh, with, with, with this, this unique big playlist as well. Yeah. And actually you also get two secret videos that are so gangsta. I had to pull them off YouTube, uh, <laughs> but I still send them as secret videos to people who who reply to my welcome email. Cool. So that's at gameofconversions.com slash copywriting dash secrets. And exactly. I will say 
just kind of in conclusion, how I got into this whole copywriting world was just starting to subscribe to people's newsletters. And like, I, one of the first people I subscribed to is Ramit Sethi and I will teach you to be rich and like, Me just too, reading and following. awesome. Yeah. So Chaba, Chaba, I guess we share that as well, but like, go check out what Chaba's doing. Like go read that landing page. That's copy. Go read the first email that he sends you. That's copy. Like just learn through osmosis. Like if you, if you, if you can do anything else, just like watch what Chab is doing. And then obviously you can learn some of the intricacies of like what he's actually doing. If you kind of come back uh, and re-listen to some of this episode, maybe you'll see some of the ninja stuff that's happening in the back end. but this is easily a huge complicated world, but I don't, I, I would just in is kind of a final, final parting thing. I just want to say to you, it's like, it doesn't have to be crazy complicated. If you just start by just following some people or pick up one of the books that we recommended, like, or watch, one video that Chaba put up together. That's a breakdown like this, like it it's changed my life. And I would just encourage anybody to go into this world of copywriting. So um, I will just say too, if, if this is your very first episode and you could be anywhere else in the world right now, but you decided to click on this episode with Chaba. And so I'm so grateful to have you here. And if you're returning, welcome back. You know how much I appreciate you for coming back every single week. And whether you are a new friend or an old friend, my favorite that I always ask is that you share this episode. It has absolutely transformed my life copywriting has podcasting has and like there's so many topics that we covered in here that are super valuable for people whether it was maybe the hilarious story of chaba having his first job as a copywriter being a sex 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 uh store to some of the incredible work that he's doing to actually transform lives and educate buyers all this stuff can absolutely impact someone so it would greatly appreciate it if you could share this episode uh but whether you choose to do that or not i appreciate you so much so chaba thank you so much for being here any final words that you want to say before we head out today well, thank you so much, Brandon. The final words is that, guys, one thing that you shouldn't forget when it comes to copywriting or life in general, have a little empathy or a little more empathy. Uh, it, 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 you know, this is one thing I, I one less final thing I, I, I like to talk about. You can have the best marketing ever. You can try to, uh, you know, persuade people with all sorts of messages. But if you can't, if you don't have empathy, if you can't connect with them emotionally, it's not going to work. So I think my, my biggest best tip that I left for uh, left for 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 last is just just be empathetic with people because it's going to help you uh, overcome their sales resistance their objections regarding anything and it's going to make both of you way happier hmm. love that we'll not add anything to that very beautiful thank you so much Chaba and uh, we'll talk to you very soon my friend thank you